What's up, TLR? How you guys feeling tonight? You guys good? Um, what an amazing thing we get to do tonight. Uh, this is incredible. We didn't have anything like this when I was in college. And when I say stuff like that, it makes me sound like I'm 100 years old. Uh, my kid asked me the other day if we had color TV when I was a child. And that didn't feel good. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Uh, my name's Clay. Uh, really good to see everybody tonight. Hey, look, let me just tell you this too. I think it is so amazing that you're here tonight. I know you could have been 100 other places doing 100 different things, and the fact that you're here tonight, uh, I just think it's remarkable. So give yourself a pat on the back, make some noise, clap it up, dap yourself up, way to go. You should feel proud of yourself that you're here tonight. I know some of you were like, I got a test, I got a paper, I got stuff going on, I shouldn't even be here. Look, it's going to be all good. It's going to be a good night. Um, I am so uh, excited that they asked me to talk about this tonight, that they asked me to talk about this topic. Um, I'm going to start real quick with my dating story. Uh, it actually happens to be with the girl that I'm married to. Um, and we, uh, tomorrow, celebrate our 15th anniversary. Holla at your boy. Uh, we have five children, so 12, 10, 8, 6, and 3. Those are their ages, not their names. And uh, we have a really good time. It's crazy. Um, and we, it all started. It all started back in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I moved to Atlanta in 1998, out the gate, don't hate. And I uh, started school at Georgia Tech. I studied industrial engineering. I was a terrible student. It about wrecked me. Uh, fortunately, I was able to get out of there. I made a deal with the school. I said, if you give me this degree, I promise you I will never use it. And they were like, done. So uh, some of you can try that with your registrar. If you ever have to sit down with him or her, try that line. It worked for me. It might work for you. Uh, I moved to Dallas, Texas to go to graduate school. I was going to get a master's. I, I ended up getting this degree, but I was going out there to get a master's in theology uh, seminary. I was going to study theology. I wanted to be a pastor. It's what I wanted to do at the time. Uh, plus, I'd made that deal with the school. Knew I couldn't do engineering, so I had to do something in a different, uh, different industry. Some of you are like, did you really make that deal with the school? For real, I did. Um, I didn't make the deal, but I told them that. I did say, if you give it to me, I'll never use it. Um, I, uh, my last year in seminary, I meet this girl. Shawty was walking across the campus. I was like, what up, girl? I was like, dang, you fly. I'm down. What's up? Can I holler? Um, she had like other dudes trying to get her number and stuff, which is what people did back in the day. There was, this is like just right when texting was like on the rise. Um, again, we did have color TV when I was a child. Uh, so I, I went to this party with her. I was like, really, you know, when you're like trying to like be around somebody and you're like trying to put yourself where everywhere they're going to be, you know, I was in that stage. So I knew she was going to be at this party. So I ended up this party with her one night. We hung out the whole night. The next day uh, I was living in this family's uh, basement. They would let me live there for free. Super awesome situation. You ought to get you one of those. Uh, and I'm, I'm living in their house. They had, uh, their son was like 18 or 19 and he had to go to Waco, Texas, it was like two hour and a half, two hours south of Dallas because he was going to Baylor, but he couldn't take his car. So they asked me if I would give him a ride. And honestly, I was like, eh, but they were like, you can drive our brand new Tahoe. And I was like, sweet, I would love that. So, um, cause I didn't have a nice car. My car got hit by a bus in Dallas. So by, it was actually a Dallas, uh, DART, Dallas Area Rapid Transit System, like the Dallas MARTA, uh, I ran into one of those buses. Um, so anyway, it was nice that I took their time. I'm sharing all this stuff. I don't even know why. I'm just like adding all these random details into it. Uh, so I take 
uh, Jake, their son, um, I was gonna take him down to Waco and it was like 11 a.m. on a Sunday. We were about to head out and we had gone to church that morning. I saw, my, I saw the girl, uh, my boo, at, uh, she wasn't my boo at the time, but I saw her at church that morning. What up? It happened to be that Sunday at the church. They called this Sunday Porn Sunday. I kid you not. Uh, fortunately, I didn't find her while we were at church. I just saw her sitting across the auditorium and I was like, this is kind of nice. I don't want to be sitting by her at Porn Sunday. Like, that's kind of weird, you know? Um, they weren't like showing porn at the church. Some of you are all confused. They were talking about like the dangers of porn at the church, okay? So that was that Sunday, later that afternoon, about to take the, the kid down to Baylor. I, I knew she was studying at Barnes and Noble. So I swung by and I was like, what's up, girl? I was like, hey, you need to come with me. She's like, what you talking about? I was like, come with me, I gotta go to Waco. That's not like, come with me, I gotta go to Taco Mac, okay? That's not like I'm about to swing by Chick-fil-A. That's like two hours away. I was like, no, no, come on, it's cool, it's cool. I was like stacking her books up. I was like basically kidnapping her. Like I was forcing her to come against her will. And she was all playing it like, oh my gosh, like I totally can't do that. I mean, I would love to, you know? And so I was like, yeah, come on. So we rode down there. We're riding back and uh, we dropped him off on the way back. We were like sharing our life stories. Like it was, we were gone. I mean, it was, it was everything. It was awesome. It was just such a great night. And so I get back to her car. It was probably, we ended up seeing some of her friends at Waco. I get back to her car. It's probably about 10 PM, dark. Nobody's in the parking lot. And I look over at her and I was like, hey, um, I've had a really good time tonight. And she's like, me too. And I was like, I would like to date you. And she goes, literally, physically moved herself up against the door of the car. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's like really serious. What are you talking about? And in my mind, I was like, what are you doing? But the words that were coming out, I was like, I don't know. I was just like trying to be intentional, just trying to articulate, trying to communicate, you know, not naturally very good at that. And so I told her, this is the line, which I really like this line. I know you might not like it, but I loved it at the time. I said, I don't have a ring in my pocket. I just want to go on more dates with you. I like that. I thought it was nice. And she was like, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. And just gets out of the car, gets in her car and leaves. I was like, we're done. That's it. It's over. I messed this whole thing up. I, genuinely, I was praying that night, like I was laying in bed being like, God, why did you make me so lame at this dating thing? <laughs> like, I stink at this. Like, I'm so mad at myself. Why did I go so hard in the paint? Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, here's this girl that I'm like really digging. And then I just was all like, hey, I'm in love with you after like two hours, you know? And she was just like, yeah, what is going on? You know, like, very high cringe factor. So um, the next day, I'll never forget where I am. I have gone and tried to memorialize this seat at Starbucks in Midtown in Dallas, Texas, because I'm just like, God is up in this seat. So I'm sitting in this seat. I'm trying to do some work, trying to study, trying to get my school stuff straight. You know, at the beginning of the semester, you get all your folders straight, you know, like you're going to actually study. I was doing that. And she, I look at my phone and I got this text message from her and she said, what's up? What are you doing? And I was like, oh yeah, it's on. I'm back up in this. Oh, I was like screaming. I was dancing around this Starbucks. I'm for real. I was so loud. I was like, y'all don't remember Tom Cruise on the couch when he was on Oprah, but I was like up on this chair in Starbucks being like, there is a God. He reigns on high. Finison, get out here with that new song. Let's go. I mean, it was so good. That was um Awkward situation that turned really good. We ended up uh, getting married. So about a year later, we got married. We have five kids. Um, tomorrow's a big day for us. I am in love with her. I mean, I am crazy about her. I cannot wait 
tomorrow to celebrate this anniversary because I cannot wait to tell her, I love you more today than I did 15 years ago when I said, will you marry me? I'm for real. Y'all are all like trying to get dramatic about this. I am for real. I am crazy about her. I think she likes me. Um, but <laughs> most days I played golf today and I was late. So she's probably kind of grumpy at me, but anyway, um, I'm crazy about her. So tonight, I don't know if y'all have heard what we're talking about, but we're in this series about dating. And tonight they said, I've never spoken here before. I've never been here before. This is my second time to ever be at Woodside City. I went to Costco on the way here because I was so excited about how close Costco is to this church. Cause I've always thought that's the coolest thing about this church. I had to get some flowers. Tomorrow's a big day. So, um, they text me like a month ago, Samer, Masad, and Samer was like, my boy, I was like, Samer was like, hey, can you come to the living room and talk about sex? And I was like, oh, is that my reputation? <laughs> like, oh, you better get the God, to come, the goat to come talk about sex. I was like, I was so flattered. I was like, you know I can, what's up, you know? So I was, <laughs> so, I was so excited about it, honestly, because um, I do, I, I care a lot about this topic. And let me just say this right up top. I, res- I don't know you, okay? You don't know me. But if we were sitting, I really want tonight to feel like we are sitting down at Waffle House, like all-star special, scattered, smothered, covered, whatever you, you, is your thing, like double waffle, pecans, peaches, blueberry, whatever. Just like a talk, just a chat, like chatting it up. But let me just tell you this. I respect you personally. Like if I knew you personally, I wish I could like make eye contact with every single one of you because this is genuinely how I feel. I respect you so much as a human. You're a person, you were created in God's image, you've got talents, you've got gifts, you've got your whole life in front of you. You can do whatever you wanna do. I don't mean like you can be LeBron and play in the NBA, all right? I just mean, it's your life. It's not my life, it is your life. You can do whatever you wanna do with your life. So this is not me up here trying to tell you, oh, well, this is how God feels about sex and you better watch out. They asked me what to call this message tonight. I jokingly said, let's call it what God thinks about sex. Because partially I'm like, who am I to try to speak on behalf of God and tell you what God thinks about sex? But tonight we're gonna open up the Bible And we're gonna look at this passage of scripture where the apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, writes these words about what God thinks about sex. And so I genuinely feel like I'm just a messenger. I'm just trying to put some things on the table at Waffle House for you to think about. I'm just trying to put some things in front of you that you ought to ponder. No matter your sexual history, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, nothing, whether you're like so excited about your sexual future, Whatever the past, whatever you are, dating someone, not dating someone, living with someone, not living with someone, in a sexual relationship with someone, right now you got shame, guilt, or you're excited and you're just like all free, wherever you are, I just hope tonight that you could just open up your mind, open up your heart, and think about these. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. Nobody's making you do anything. Your parents did not call me. Your stepmom did not call me and be like, hey, can you call Josh tonight and talk to him about sex? Where's Josh? There's always like five Joshes. I don't even know who Josh is. All right, I just made that name up. Um, here's why sex is such a big deal, though. It's been a big deal in the news. It's always a big deal in the news, but here's a couple things that have been in the news lately that have reminded me why tonight is so important. This is the first one. Does anybody remember that? That was a 10-minute intro, and I got 25 more minutes, so I'm off to a terrible start. Does anybody know this book? 
Has anyone ever read this book? Are you for real? What's your name? Jason, how old are you? That's incredible. What, how, how did that happen? <laughs> that's cool. That's how things happen, you know? That's why, that's why I went to Chipotle for the first time. <laughs> Same deal. <laughs> it's exactly the way life works. I had a friend, and he was like, you ought to check it out. And I was like, cool. Um, this book was, like, super popular. It sold millions of copies. And just in the last year, Joshua Harris, it, it's, it, it got to be really controversial because it created all this guilt and shame in people about sex. Because part of his hypothesis, part of his thesis was don't date. Like, you don't need to be dating. And he was, like, introducing this courting idea. This is, like, 15, 20 years ago. This is why I'm so surprised that you've read it. I'm honored, that, not honored, I'm proud of you. Way to go. Impressed that you've read it. Also shocked at the same time, all right? Um, just in the last year, not only has he renounced a lot of what he's written in the book, but he's also publicly come out and said, hey, I don't even know what I believe about God right now. Like his journey through navigating what people should think and how they should live out their sexuality has caused him to question what he even believes about God. And I know it's way more complicated than that. There's a whole lot more going on with Joshua Harris's life. He seems like a wonderful person, but this has been a big deal. This has been a huge deal just in the last year. Here's the next one. Anybody know who this is? Huh? It is not... <laughs> That's funny. You're joking, I know. He said Will Smith. This is definitely not Will Smith. Thank you. R. Kelly. Um, I told you I graduated high school in 1998. At my high school graduation in Coleman Coliseum on the campus of University of Alabama, Wendy Williams, who was in my class, Wendy Williams sang, I Believe I Can Fly, and she crushed it. It was epic, okay? I mean, R. Kelly, massive, I mean, Ignition, Remix, is that what we're calling that song? I mean, the jam, all right? It's not appropriate. I get it. I understand that. It's like whatever, but like it's one of those songs that when it gets turned on, I can't help but get out on the dance floor, okay? But I don't know if y'all heard what has been going on in the news, but he just got out of a trial uh, for the last couple of weeks where over 40 people had brought these allegations they tried him, and they just convicted him, and R. Kelly's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. All, uh, mostly, most of the allegations were sexual in nature. So huge. Somewhere along the way with R. Kelly, and I don't know his story, I don't know his background, and I'm sure like if I knew him, maybe if I had a friendship with him, I would probably feel like a, maybe a sense of friendship and kindredness and compassion for him. But when you read the report, somewhere along the way, things got really crooked with him regarding sexuality. And not only is his life ruined, but the lives of so many victims that were on the other side of his predatory nature and the sexual assaults that he just got convicted of. Serious deal. This is like in the last week, okay? So I'm talking like now, this stuff's real fresh, all right? And then you probably know who this is, but this is uh, Robert Aaron Long, who uh, is from just around the corner from Woodstock, the Crabapple area near Alpharetta, and seems like a, uh, a kid that had some serious struggles. 18, 19, 20 years old, and he goes to a spa here in Woodstock and murders a couple of people, goes downtown to about 
two miles from where my family lives off of Piedmont and shoots about six or seven more people that were working at a spa. They thought it was all racial in nature. They thought it was a hate crime and they're still prosecuting him for a hate crime. But the testimony that he gave the police officer was that it was all about his sexual beliefs. He couldn't get over the way he felt. He couldn't get over the temptation, the sin, the, the shame, the guilt that he was wrestling with. Now, I, I know this is all heavy, but I'm just telling you, this is a heavy, heavy topic. I mean, this is a huge topic. I've been a pastor now for, uh, I'm 41 years old. Yeah, we had color TV when I was a kid. And I've been a pastor now for about 21, uh, about 20, 21 years. When I was about 20, I started leading high school students at Inside Out. And ever since then, I've been in loads of conversations with men and women. You know, it's just crazy how life works. Like if you, you know, maybe you got a parent that's like a, you know, a plumber or something. And if you're a plumber, like you just know exactly all about toilets. You know, there's like nothing that a toilet can do that you're like, oh, this is surprising me. Like everything you're like, no, no, this is well, like I get it. Like I've seen this before. Well, it's crazy when you're a pastor, that's kind of the way life works. That you start seeing themes. Like you counsel so many people, you talk to so many people, you have so many people that are crying in meetings, talking about their life and people just want to share and want to, just tell you everything, and you start picking up themes. You start, like, learning stuff. And over the past 20 years, one of the things that I've learned is this, is that sexual regret, sexual regret is quite common for men and women. And you don't need me to tell you this. You know this is true. Sexual regret is just very, very common. When people, if I were to just, like, able to have a real honest conversation with you, and if I were able to say, hey, would you mind just trusting me by just sharing your deepest regrets, they would probably be sexual in nature. Some of my deepest regrets are sexual in nature. It's just the way, it's the weight of sexuality, it's how serious this topic is, and it's how powerful this thing is that God's created for us, this gift that he's given to us. Now, here's the hope for tonight, is that it doesn't have to be this way. Your future doesn't have to be filled with sexual regret. I, I genuinely feel like I got this w one shot, like, you know, like I'm Eminem on 8 Mile tonight, and I've got this one shot to, like, try to convince you that sex is God's idea, that God loves it, that God created it, that it's a gift, and that you can be free to live a life in your future of amazing fulfillment, sexually, in a marriage someday, with a partner someday, in a committed relationship, honoring God and honoring each other. I genuinely believe that for you tonight, no matter your past, no matter where you've been. And that's the hope, that's the hope of tonight that we get this opportunity to, no matter where we've been, that tonight, it's crazy, think about this. Your whole life could change tonight. This is wild to me that there's always this much potential in the room, but you're sitting where you're sitting, nothing around you's changing. I mean, your job at Taco Bell or Chick-fil-A or you know, Dick's Sporting Goods or wherever it is that you work, like none of that's gonna change. But tonight, you could make some decisions, you could change your perspective, you could believe something you could commit to something. You could establish a relationship with God in a new way and allow him to guide you in a certain way that would change everything about the rest of your life. And all that potential is sitting in the chair that you're sitting in right now. It doesn't have to be that way for you for the rest of your life. 
that you can start fresh, you can start new, this could be a new beginning. So here's the real question that we're gonna try to dig into tonight. How does God feel about sex? How does God feel about sex? Some of you are already put off by that conversation, by that question, because you're like, God feels something about sex? That's just weird. I don't like the words sex and God in the same sentence. I prefer to keep those separately. Or maybe another way to put it is, what, what does God think? What does God think about sex? What does he think about sexuality? That's what I hope to answer tonight is how does God feel about sex and what does God think about sex? And then I trust you that you can apply it how you want. You can do what you want with it. But I just hope by the end of tonight that you would be convinced, well, okay, I at least know how he feels, what he thinks about sex. Here's what I know for sure, is that no matter what God thinks about sex, no matter what God feels about sex, that God, God hates shame and God hates guilt and God hates hurt. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. That the God we were singing to tonight, the God that is in this room, the God who I call Jesus, the God who says that his Holy Spirit lives inside of those who've put their faith in him, that that God hates shame. Shame whispers in those quiet moments that you aren't worthy. Shame whispers in those quiet moments that you'll never be enough, that your sin is too great, that your brokenness, your past will always win the day. God hates shame. Guilt says you're wrong, you're convicted, you're guilty. God hates shame, God hates guilt, and God hates hurt. God loves you. You know, you know John 3.16, you know, it's on the big posters. Every time they kick a field goal or score a touchdown, you know, Tim Tebow is like tattooing it all over his face or whatever. That was, however I said tattoo was weird in that moment. But John 3.16, for God, what's the next words? For God, so loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about this? For God, so loved. I love this idea that God didn't just love. It doesn't say, for God loved the world. No, God so loved I told you we got five kids, and uh, our kids, some of them play sports, some of them don't. I'm trying to love them all equally, but it's a lot easier to love the ones that play sports. And I hate that about myself. I do. I'm, com- I'm confessing that. I'm going to choose to love them all, but the ones that play sports, I, I love sports. And so, like, our oldest, our daughter, she plays volleyball, and she plays soccer. And Oh, my goodness. This, her soccer season this year, she was playing this team that was, like, filled with, like, incredible soccer girls and she was playing goalie, which she didn't normally play goalie. And there was this ball, there's like a 50-50 ball, like in the middle. And this girl that was built like, I don't know, she was built like, uh, what's the tennis player? Serena Williams. I mean, this girl is like, I mean, she looked like she could handle herself, all right, if things got like off course. And she's coming at my daughter, and our, our daughter, like with so much bravery, goes out to get the ball, and she gets the ball, but the girl tries to kick the ball, and she kicks my daughter in the head. And the ref, sorry ref, didn't call anything. And I about lost it, all of it, right there on the field. And afterwards, my daughter was like asking me, like, why, why well, um, I'm sorry, like that, why, I'm, I appreciate you caring for me, but why were you going so crazy? And I was like, because I so love you. I don't just love you, 
I so love you so much that when I see someone messing with you or trying to hurt you or trying to harm you, like that, 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 that's not cool with me. And I'm a flawed, broken dad. Imagine a perfect, loving father, how he feels about you. God is crazy about you. There's a hundred different things that people think about God, but there is one thing that is very clear about what God thinks about you, and God loves you. He's crazy about you. And anything or anyone that comes against you to try to hurt you, even if it's you hurting you, God's not down with that. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he hates shame, he hates guilt, and he hates hurt. And so whatever your past has been, whatever's gone on in your sexual history, whatever your views are on sexuality, let me just start by that, by letting you know God created it and God doesn't want shame to win the day. He doesn't want guilt to win the day and he certainly doesn't want hurt to win the day. Now we're gonna look at this little passage I told you, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18 through 21. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 21. I see some of you taking notes. Good for you, I love it. Uh, the others of you that aren't, if you wanna grab your phone and open up your Bible app, that would be awesome, all right? If you don't read the Bible on your phone, then, uh, and you're like, whoa, man, what, what do you, I don't know, whatever, but you should, it's great, all right? Have you ever tried pressing play at the top or the sound, little sound thing and let that British guy read you the Bible? Holy cow, that dude's voice is velvet. It's butter, it's bacon. You're gonna love him, okay? I just pop in my pod sometimes and I'll just go for a walk, just letting that guy read me the Bible. I'm like, this is like amazing. I really think that dude is like the voice of heaven. So we're gonna get to heaven and he's just gonna be up there just all, just being British and reading the Bible to us. It's awesome, you know? America won though, so what's up? Um, here it is, 1 Corinthians 6. I want you to read it all together, not like out loud, but I just want you to be in it with me. All right, here's what he said. All, this is where we're gonna pick up. This is at the end of 18. He says, all other sins a person commits are outside the body. This is a big statement. He says, all other sins, okay, what's a sin? A sin is, uh, when I was a kid, they used to teach us that sin was missing the mark, that it was like this archery term. And I didn't grow up like, I'm not like an archer's son, you know? Like I didn't do archery, but like at camp once a year where I was like, why are we doing this? Um, but nonetheless, uh, the idea was like this bullseye and sin is anything that's off the mark. But sin is ultimately, it's anything that puts us at the center. It's anything that, that takes the focus off of God, that ultimately God is the greatest, that all the glory is to him. And anything we do to take the glory off of him and put it on ourselves and put ourselves at the center or anything we do to put other people even in the place of God or put other things in the place of God, that that's sin, that it's anything we do that we shouldn't have done. It's the things that we should have done that we didn't do. And God hates sin because God hates hurt and God hates shame and God hates guilt and sin creates all of those things. And so God hates sin. And Paul, the guy who wrote this says, all the sins that we commit are outside the body. If I steal from you, who am I harming? You. I took your thing. If I get angry at you, who am I hurting? I'm, I'm hurting you. I mean, I'm, I'm hurting myself as well, but all sins are outside. It's I'm doing something to you. I'm harming you. That's why God hates sin because he doesn't want us to harm other people or hurt other people. And he's given us these categories. There are certain kinds of sin that, are outside of the body. But then he says, but there's one sin that's not outside the body. It's actually inside the body. Whoever sins sexually, this is like a really powerful concept. Like, I know some of you tonight might not even believe, you might not be a Jesus follower. Somebody like 
brought you here because they were like, they got Jimmy John's, this freaky fast, like, let's do this. And that's why you're, which is so awesome. I'm so glad you're here tonight. But you gotta like ponder this idea because this is a pretty brilliant concept that all the sin that we commit are outside the body, save one, except for one, sans one. There's one that we commit against ourselves, sexual sin. So what is sexual sin? Like this is an important thing for us to define. Well, sexual sin is any sex that's outside of marriage. God created this beautiful gift of intimacy for two people to be able to have that it bonds them together. My wife and I always talk about this, that we feel it, it's like super glue. It's like super glue on a relationship. Some of you have broke up with somebody and you feel like they took a piece of you with them or some of you broke up with somebody and they got back together when you broke up again, you got back together when you broke up again, you got back together again. Part of the reason why is because if you're sexually active with someone, it creates this bond with them that is otherworldly. It's outside of this world. It's beyond just a friendship. It's beyond just this emotional connection that you have with someone because there is this physical connection that happens sexually that bonds us to each other. And any, any sex outside of a marriage, I like the term palm, publicly accountable, lifelong monogamous relationship, that that's what a marriage is, that it's a publicly accountable. Like you've told people, you've gone to a wedding ceremony, like people know you wear a ring, you know, you're not just like hiding it in the dark, you know, but you're like, no, that's who I'm with publicly accountable, lifelong, that it's for life and it's monogamous, that it's you and the other person. Y'all have saying, hey, we don't have some open relationship. No, it's like we're doing sex like with each other and that's it, you know? I said that like you're doing drugs or something. People don't do sex like they're doing drugs, even though some people say sex is a drug. So that's, uh, wow, I stand corrected. I corrected myself. Um, but here's what I wanna say. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body that this idea of sinning sexually, that you're not just hurting someone else, Paul puts it in its own category. This is why sex is so powerful. It's different than any other sin, that you're actually sinning against yourself. You're doing something to harm yourself. And this is wild. Like, nobody ever explained this to me about sex. I mean, I, I just thought, I thought when it came to sex, the church's response was, no. <laughs> that was just the answer I got. It's like, hey, what does the church, what does God think about sex? What, 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 should, what does God feel about sex? Oh, I'll tell you what he feels. I'll tell you what he thinks. No, but that's just not true. God loves sex. God created sex. God made sex. Sex is a gift. But when we live out our sexuality outside of the boundaries in which God created sexuality to be lived out, it hurts ourselves. It hurts our future. It harms ourselves. And then he goes on to explain this more clearly. He says, Do you not know? This is like, I'm like, whoa, with the attitude, do you not know? Okay, hang on a second. You know, do you not know that your bodies are temples? Okay, this is a big concept too, but he, he's basically trying to introduce us to this idea that you are way more special than you even think you are. I, when I was in kindergarten, I, I don't know why I always remember this, but I got this little sticker at school that was a thumb and the thumb had eyes and a mouth, which I, as a kid, was like, that is so weird. Why are we personifying something that is on a person? You know, just let that thumb be a thumb. Why does the thumb need to be a person? Um, but the sticker said, you are thumb body, which I thought was hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> I had like kind of a list when I was a kid. So I was like, I love that. You know, you are thumb body. Um, but like, you know, when you're like a kid, everybody's trying to get you to believe that you're special and stuff. You know, it's like, you're gonna go to the moon, you know? And I was always like, what if I don't wanna go to the moon? You know, like, I kind of like it here. They always got those, I don't really, I'm not really down with those suits that they wear for one, you know, but for two, like, I don't really wanna do that. Um, 
but they're trying to convince you that you're special, you know, like you can do all this or whatever. But the truth is that you're way more special than you even understand that you are. And he's going to try to explain that. He's saying your body is a temple. Your body is special. And then he explains why. He says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So he goes, answer, reason number one that your body's special is because God inhabits your body. God is in you. And so God doesn't want you to harm the very place where he exists, the very place where he lives. But he gives a second explanation of why you're so important. And then he says this, this is incredibly powerful. He says, you are not your own, you were bought at a price. This is so beautiful that you are not your own. Have you ever been somewhere where someone tries to claim you? Someone's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, you're with me. Or yeah, that, that person's mine. And you're like, uh, nah dog, like that's, it doesn't work like that. Like I, I, no one claims me other than the one who bought me with a price. And that's the almighty creator. What was the price that he bought you at? The crucifixion of Jesus. That he let his son, he allowed his son, I know you're feeling real good about yourself right now. It's probably also the genes that are really awesome, but it might also be that you just got Jesus right, which don't give yourself too much credit because we are in church and typically if the answer is like furry tail, eats a lot of like nuts off of trees and stuff, like what animal is it? And people are like, oh, it's Jesus. You know, it's like, well, okay, no, no, it's actually a squirrel in that case, but, but still, bro, you did great. Plus you have Jesus on your shirt too. So you're like so ahead of the game right now. It's awesome. What is your name? Ryan, what's up? I like, I like, your, I like, I like the vibe you're putting off Ryan. And I mean that in the most loving kind of way, all right? Um, You were bought with a price that God allowed his son to give up his life on a cross for you, that he loved you so much that he allowed his son to be crucified, that Jesus willingly took on lashings and beatings and humiliation and death on a cross because he loves you. He bought you for a price. The Holy Spirit of God inhabits you. When you put your faith in Jesus, he lives inside of you and he bought you. And so he says, so therefore, honor God with your body. He's like, hey, you're a temple. God lives inside of you. And number two, he bought you. You're not your own. God bought you. You're his. When somebody tries to mess with one of my kids, I'm telling you, I get like crazy because I'm like, they're mine. Like I have sacrificed I mean, do you know how much that iPad was that's basically raising them? Like, that's a very expensive piece of technology, okay? So, like, back off. This is my child. But for real, I'm like, hey, this is my child. How dare you do something to my child? And if I'm broken, how much greater is God's love for you, his perfect love? And so he says, so therefore, in light of all that, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. Honor God with the body that he's been given you, the temple that he's been given you. Now, I skipped this part at the very beginning because I wanted to try to uh, do as much as I can to spin this positively because the way he begins is kind of a negative. He gives like one real positive thing. He says, honor God with your body. That's a positive thing. Here's something you can go do. This is a yes. But he starts off with a no. He starts off with a, here's what I want you to do that's uh, on, the, on the flip side, on the negative side. 1 Corinthians 6.18 starts off this way. He says, flee from sexual immorality. The opposite of honoring God with your body 
is by running to sexual immorality. And he says, so don't do that. I want you to honor God with your body by fleeing from sexual immorality, any kind of sex that's outside the boundaries of marriage. He says, I want you to flee from that, run away from that. My, uh, we, we, we live on kind of a busy street and our three-year-old ran into the street about um, six months ago, about freaked my wife out. She calls me at work all hysterical, being like, oh my gosh, Wit ran out in the street. And she was like, I've never screamed like that before when I screamed at him to get out of the street. And he's all crying and stuff because like he wasn't even like, he didn't even, he wasn't aware that he was like playing in the middle of like this busy road. He was just scared that his mom yelled at him so much. Well, why did his mom yell at him so much? Because she loves him. And she yelled at him and was like, flee. You know, she probably didn't actually say flee in the moment because that's not like a word that we would use. You know, what if she was though? She's like, flee. And he looks at her and he's like, I don't even know what that word means, you know? Like I'm barely starting to speak English and you're already like introducing these like fifth grade words, like hold back, you know? But she's just like, hey, get out of the road. She's screaming at him, like desperately screaming at him. Flee, 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 get out, like move. Come, come, come here, quit. Because that's what love does. Love wants us to run away from things that are gonna harm us. And so the apostle Paul's trying to help us understand, honor God with your body and flee from sexual immorality, run away from it. Be, be scared of it. Not because there's anything wrong with sex, but because there's something hurtful and harmful about living out your sexuality in a way that is not the way God intended it. So run away from it, flee from it. So if you've missed everything tonight, I'm gonna recap the whole thing because I'm about to wind it all down, all right? Here, here's the big idea. The big idea is this. Would you flee from sexual sin? Would you choose to flee from sexual sin so that you can be free of sexual regret and so that you can be free for sexual fulfillment? This is what God wants for you. He wants you to Flee from sexual sin so that you can be free from regret and so that you can be free for the kind of life that he wants you to live. I have talked to so many people, dozens of people who cannot have the kind of sexual relationship they wanna have with the person they're married with because of what's happened in their past. They didn't flee and because of that, they weren't free. They weren't free to experience sex the way God intended them to experience it because they didn't choose to flee. And it might not have been their fault. Maybe they went to a church that didn't like speak well of sex or maybe they just didn't grow up in a church or maybe they didn't know or maybe they didn't understand. But tonight, I, my hope is to make it as clear as day. Hey, when you flee from sexual sin, God allows you to be free to experience sexual fulfillment. You can have the greatest, most amazing sex for the rest of your life in the context of the way God created it. I know some of you are like, well, that feels like a long way away and I can't see it. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming for you. And you wanna be in a place where you are free to experience it the way God intended so here's the big summary of the night. Number one, God purchased you in love. You're not your own. God bought you. Some of you are like, yeah, that's weird. God owns me. Well, you don't, he gives you the free will. 
You don't have to run to him. This is what's incredible. He bought you before he knew whether you were gonna run to him or not. He bought you and gave you the free will to be able to choose him or not. You get to choose. Do you wanna accept it or do you not want to? He's not gonna force himself on you, but he purchased you, he bought you in love because he so loves you. Number two, God would prefer you not hurt yourself. I know this seems elementary, but this is the whole point of why God thinks what he thinks about sex. This is why God cares about sexual sin. This is why God cares about sexual immorality because he knows how powerful it is and he knows the pain of it. And he knows that most men and women, when you ask them their greatest regret, they will tell you something about their sexual history or their sexual past. And God is a loving father who says, I love you so much, I don't want you to have to experience that. I'd prefer, I'm not gonna make you, but I'd prefer you not hurt yourself because I love you. I'm gonna give you the freedom, but I'd prefer you not hurt yourself because I'm crazy about you. Number three, sex has the potential to harm your future. Sex has the potential to harm the future you. Megan, you about to do your thing. Thank you, you being all sly and stuff, and then I called you out. She's gonna play some music underneath this. It's gonna make the whole thing more powerful. It's gonna be epic, all right. So go, go ahead and do your thing. That would be awesome. Sex has the potential to harm your future. I, and, I, and here's where you can't see your future. This is where, uh, like, I started realizing, like, I started getting gray hair, which is weird, you know? We did, we did have color TV when I was a kid. Just want to make that clear. Um, but you start getting older in life. I'm 41 years old now, which feels crazy to me. And I feel like I understand the power of sex so much more than I understood it when I was your age because it's just, the, and I'm not, I'm not being critical. You understand a lot. You understand a lot more than I understood at your age but there's something about wisdom and there's something about age and there's something about experience that you start learning stuff. You're like, oh, I see it. There's a pattern over and over again. I see it. And I'm just telling you, if you wanna have a, the brightest kind of amazing marriage, an awesome connection with another person, start today, start today, start today. Anytime a couple asks me to do their wedding, uh, this is kind of the most common conversation I have about sex these days. Uh, anytime a couple asks me to do their wedding, I say, hey, look, I don't know what's going on with y'all. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need to know, it's your business, but you're asking me if I'll do your wedding. And at the end of the wedding, I stand up at a wedding. I stand up the whole time. But at the end of the wedding, I say, by the power invested in me by the state of Georgia, I don't care about that part. Because marriage preceded government. And so I, it, like the state of Georgia, whatever, they're like, they'll certify people to marry people. I'm like, whatever, you can go get that online. But the second part of it, I say, by the power invested in me as a minister of the gospel, by the power invested to me as a minister, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, I pronounce you married. I take that seriously. Like, I don't ever speak on behalf of God, but that's like this one very public time where I'm saying, on behalf of God, these two, it's good. So I tell them that. I'm like, look, I take that very seriously. So what I would ask you to do is I'd ask you to do two things. Number one, would you go get some premarital counseling? I prefer ours because I think we got a great product. Number two, I'd prefer, again, I can't make you do what you want. You live your life. But if you want me to do your wedding, I'm gonna need you to commit to this. I'd prefer the two of you not have sex from now until the day you get married. And I've had so many couples thank me for that. 
in, in the moment, they don't thank me. In the moment, they're like, what? You know, why are you talking about our sex? You know, like we just asked you to do the wedding and you're all of a sudden about our business, you know? And I'm like, no, no, this is serious to me because I believe so deeply in the way God created this. And I want to set you up. I want to do everything I can do to set you up for the best future possible. And so I think you ought to choose to honor, not me. You're not honoring me. I don't care. I'm not going to be up in the bedroom with you. That's weird. I'm not going to be in the rest of your life with you. That's weird. All right. But you're going to be there. And oh, by the way, God's gonna be there. And so would you make this decision? Would you make this commitment to each other? And would you make this commitment to him? Forget about the past. Whatever's happened in the past, God has an ocean full of grace for whatever has happened in the past. And God is so powerful. There's nothing he cannot forgive. There's nothing he cannot remove. There's no stain that he can't clean. There's no past that he can't undo. There's no problem that he can't erase. He can undo and offer grace and forgiveness to anything in your past. But he's given you the choice today to decide what am I gonna do with my future? And you get to decide, what am I gonna do from here on out? So here's what I would say, number four, would you flee from so you can be free for? Would you flee from Would you flee from it? Some of you, you might need to break up with someone because the only way to flee from it is to not be in a relationship with him or her. Some of you need to talk to somebody about it. You need to have an honest conversation about it. But you gotta figure out what does it look like to flee from it, not because you're scared of it or because it's bad or because there's something wrong with sex. No, but so that your future can be free so that you can be free to have the most amazing future possible. That's what he wants for you. So what's at stake? Last question, what's at stake? What's at stake? If you choose to handle this well, what's at stake? Your future. The person you're gonna spend the rest of your life with. The authority that you're gonna have talking to your kids about this. All that's at stake. And for those of you that are just wondering, well, I, I don't know that I can do it. Let, let me just tell you these last two things. It's, it's possible. It is possible to honor God with your body. I remember being at the beach with some dudes in our fraternity. I was 21, no, I was 22 or 23 years old. We were at a, one of our fraternity brothers' weddings. This is almost 20 years ago. And they were talking about they were talking about this girl and they were trying to tell me, they were trying to set me up with this girl, whatever. And um, I said something about how I probably wasn't gonna have sex with her. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to not do that until I get married. And they looked at me like I was freaking crazy. They were like, do what? Like, nobody's doing that. That's crazy. That's impossible. And maybe some of you think that tonight. Maybe some of you are like, none of my friends are doing this. Like, none of my friends think this way. Like, all my friends are like, how much sex can I have? Or how far can I go? Or how much can I do? And maybe you think that is all that is around you. But I'm just telling you, it is possible to honor God with your body. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God is in you. Will you make mistakes? Sure. Will you fall down? Sure. Will you trip up? Sure. Will you have regrets? Of course you will. 
but you can do it. You can honor God with your body. And then lastly, I'd say it's worth it. It is so worth it. I'm telling you, tomorrow, oh, I'm so grateful to be in a relationship with someone that I feel completely committed to, that I have no doubt is fully committed to me. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. You have no idea how worth it it is, but it is so worth it. It's possible to honor God with your body and it is worth it to do it. So would you flee from so that you could be free for? Clay's gonna come and sing the song. Um, such a great song. He's written a lot of great songs, but this might be the coup de grace, the greatest of them all. Um, but I'd love for you to just take this moment, open up your hands, open up your heart, and let's have a moment where we get to talk to God about this. Heavenly Father, uh, I hope that tonight every person in this room is convinced, every person watching online is convinced that you love them like crazy. Father, I hope that tonight that the message is so loud and clear that grace abounds, grace wins. There is an ocean of grace for anything in our past. There's no stain. There is no problem. There is no hurt. There is no pain that you cannot erase. You're so powerful. So tonight, I pray that you'll do that. Convince us that you love us. Convince us that your grace is enough. And God, convince us that your way is worth it. God, there's probably some kids tonight, some students tonight that everybody knows them as the Christian kid, the Christian student, the Christian person. But they just know that this part of their life, they've just never really given it to you. And I pray that tonight, maybe they would do that, that they would flee from sexual sin so they can be free of regret and free for the greatest life imaginable. The way you designed it, the way you made them, and the bliss that you have for them. I pray that tonight would be a night that changes things. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.